0: Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the preview, the matchup, the game that the entire NFL, that all the analysts, all the haters, all the doubters have asked for is here. Everyone wanted to see a test, right, Ray? When these teams win other, other weeks, these teams are good. But then when they lose to us, oh, it's because they're not that good. The 49ers need a test. Well, here's the test. The NFC champions, champions from last year, went to the Super Bowl. We are going into L.A. to face them. I can't think of a bigger test. Sean McVay, the protege of Kyle Shanahan. And this episode here is dedicated to the preview of that game. But before we do that, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us on facebook.com slash thegoldcast, and you can also
1: follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and comment because we do engage you, the audience, and we very much enjoy that. And if you say something really clever. You will be featured on the Gold Cast. Yeah.
0: Now, Raymond, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis1.
0: And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis3 and Twitter at Rudy Solis31. R-D. All right, enough waiting, enough pandering. Let's get into it. Your professor of fanalism is here. The greatest fanalist in the game, Raymond Sleese, is here. Classes in session. Let's go.
1: San Francisco, are you ready? I'm ready?
0: This is the Gold gap. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Seleesa third, and with me is my brother, my co-host.
1: Raymond Seleza first, baby. Boom.
0: All right, Raymond. Let's not waste any time. This is the game. The last time the 49ers won five games in a row. Was at the end of the 2017 season when Jimmy G made his debut, and now here we are on the cusp for the first season that he's healthy. We're on the cusp of possibly winning five in a row again. Let's talk about this matchup, Raymond. Give the people your thoughts, the greatest panelists in the game. Give them your thoughts on this matchup coming this Sunday here in Los Angeles.
1: Well, it's a division game, so it's a huge deal. The Rams have lost two straight. They've never lost three straight under the Sean McVay regime. They never lost two straight under the Sean McVay regime. So new territory for them. And, you know, as it goes down with all of the matchup analysis that we do here on the Goldcast, to me it always boils down to the matchups, starting with the line of scrimmage. And starting with health, too. Right now, we have a disadvantage on offense. Kyle Juszczyk, our key blocking component in the run game, is out for the next month. And we also lost Mike McGlinchey, our starting right tackle, who was complimenting Joe Staley at the time. So Daniel Brunskill steps in. He's the next man up. He's uh, He will be taking over. Now, I, w- I will say that Justin School has... In nicely, and I feel pretty confident about him going forward. He's faced some pretty good players. He will face, you know, even better players. Each week will be a little bit more challenging right now, so it's not going to get any easier for him. But so far, he's answered the call beautifully outside of a couple penalties. But to be if we're the counterbalance here is that this defense of the Rams is not doing too well either. We know that Clay Matthews is out with a jaw injury, you know, bitching about the uh, personal foul penalty on roughing the passer. We know that Todd Gurley on the offensive side is nursing a quadricep that he sustained in the last Thursday night's game that, to the team's surprise, is still lingering, which is not a not good. We know that he's got, you know, uh, I think he's got tendonitis in his knee or something like that. That he's been bugging him. That's that's uh, that now. This is why they're managing his touches more than they have in the past because now this is becoming an issue. We saw it late last year into into the playoffs, and it's still, still doesn't look a hundred percent like the Todd Gurley that we know um, of old, the, the two-time rushing champion. And so that's a big deal to see whether he did not practice. So he did not practice today. We know Clay Matthews is out and he's actually been having a pretty good season. Clay Matthews, despite being in the twilight of his career. And Akib Talib, their big all-pro corner, has been dealing with ribs. He, he was, did not play today. And that we know limited in practice was wide receiver Brandon Cooks, who's going through concussion protocol. Linebacker Bryce Hager was limited in practice with a shoulder injury. And we have the other linebacker, Natez Patrick, who's dealing with a hamstring, and the safety Taylor Rapp with an ankle. So a lot of guys, a lot of key components, you know, not a hundred percent. D Ford was limited in practice as he's been throughout the week, just to preserve his health. Not that he's, nothing's wrong with him. He's had a great season so far, but he's in line to play. No, no issues there. And. So offensively even though we're missing some components we've got a banged up Rams defense that is missing a couple of components there in the linebacking core we don't know if these linebackers will these I'm, I'm assuming that Hager and Patrick will play you know I know they will play I don't know about rap in the ankle that might be you know game time decision I don't I don't know the extent of these injuries Brandon Cooks will have to you know pass a final protocol in order to be cleared to play Todd Gurley will to me I think that's a game time decision based on what we're seeing now if he doesn't practice tomorrow it's a game time decision if he practices tomorrow in limited capacity then he'll probably be bumped up to like questionable I would I would uh, presume based on you know how the questionable status gets thrown around on, on players when they're not practicing and they're not 100 percent so to me, that's where the matchup is going to lie now. I think so. In other words, you're still going to have some pass rushers to deal with on a defensive line. But if we can play, if we can get the ball out really quickly and, of course, establish a run like we have with two tight end sets and, and just using the tight ends more so in, the, in Juszczyk's role, then I feel like we're not really going to be skipping too much of a beat and, you know, Kittle even said himself that, you know, we're missing some tackles and our, and our fullback, but I think we're ready for this more mentally than we have been in the past. I think they, to me, based on the interviews I've seen and what everyone's been preaching this week, that the mindset is there like no one's no one's losing focus on this Niners team. They've been focused all year. It's led to f- to four wins. Three of those have been decisive blowouts against poor teams, but that's exactly the result you want. You don't want to play down to the level of your opponent, and the Niners have not done that. So, this is a chance where we have the opportunity to really not only put the NFL on notice, put put the NFC West on notice and also put the division on notice and to take a commanding you know, a a definitive lead, not a commanding lead, but a a, a definitive lead. You know, because Seattle's still, you know, one game behind with their single loss right now, and they're they're playing against Cleveland this week. I, I have a feeling that might go well for them. Or I, are they playing Cleveland this week? Or was, yes. I forget yeah. Seattle is. Yes, Seattle. yeah. So, and I know that the Rams already played Cleveland, and that the game was only wasn't decided by it, the same margin that our game was decided by. It was not a foregone conclusion that the Rams are going to run away with that one. So again, more indications on where these two teams are at. One team is trending up. Another team is trending down. So to me, when I look again on the line of scrimmage, we are missing some pieces and that's going to pose a problem for pass rush, but they are also thin in the linebacker and secondary position. So that poses some ideal matchups for us, not necessarily on the running side, But also on the passing side, intermediate throws, underneath throws, screen game, which Kyle Shanahan loves to do more than anybody in the NFL. And also the deep ball. I'd like to see some deep balls. I think because they're hurting, I think that opens up that aspect of the passing attack as well, in addition to the running attack. I feel like the passing is probably going to step up a little bit more than we saw last week because obviously I don't expect 275 yards rushing two weeks in a row. I do expect over 100 yards. I'd say more like something like 146, 150 yards is, is where I expect. I still expect the running game to do what it's done all season because I don't think the Rams are fully equipped to stop us. They're just too, they're too banged up. And the guys that are in there are not even 100%. So I think uh, that all plays into our favor. And then offensively, if Gurley doesn't show up, then good luck, Jared Goff. Because even with Gurley in there, he's still not 100%. So again, we have another advantage there. This offense is not 100%. Todd Gurley is not 100%. And the offense facilitates through Todd Gurley. So if you eliminate or limit Todd Gurley, you then now are challenging Jared Goff to beat you with his arm. And he's not that type of quarterback. He is a system quarterback. He is not a take charge. He's not a Drew Brees. He's not a Tom Brady. He's not that guy that will lead you. Yes, he has Pro Bowl under his belt. Yes, he has helped lead this that team to the Super Bowl last season. But make no mistake, that was large in part because of the stellar running, running and screen game by Todd Gurley. You know, the screen passes is the easiest pass to make in the NFL. It is the layup of passes for quarterbacks. So because you just dunk the ball off to your to your guy, and he does all he does the rest. He's the one that gets upfield, breaks tackles, gets to the first down marker or, you know, best case scenario scores. So that's, that's how that works. But right now this Rams team is coming in limping. Right now, that's what I see. This is a limping team right now coming in on a team that is, that is hurting and that's, you know, it's got some, got some, some, some issues, you know, on the offensive side, but this defense is completely with the exception of Witherspoon is like 100% healthy and, that is not a good thing. I think they're going to be very stout against the Rams, and I think the offense is going to have some moments early in the game where things are going to be tight. But ultimately, I think the Niners just have the advantage. Once again, when I look at the, ma- the matchups and the injury reports, the Niners just have more advantages in health and in personnel. So this, to me, again, this is another game that favors, favors us, and I think it's kind of glaring. I love it. Now, I don't. I don't know what you see, but that's what I see.
0: What I see, now, Raymond. That's why you are the greatest fanalist in the game. Now, as a professor of fanalism, when I stare across the ocean breeze and gaze out upon from from my professor's office, I like to look at the storylines. And this is the thing that I'm I'm very interested in is the storylines. You have, like, as, as I said at the intro, Sean McVay going against his former mentor. You have a team that has not lost three games in a row coming in limping but still a prideful team and a team that has had our number for the better part of the last couple years. You have a Kyle Shanahan-led team that is finally for the first time in truly executing at the level of potential that we thought this team was capable of. You have a Jimmy G that's healthy, banged up Banged up tackles, banged up Kyle Uzchek, the loss of those three definitely hurts. But you have a coach in Kyle Shanahan who we've seen scheme the hell out of plays with third string quarterbacks and and no names across the board. This is far still
1: still puts up thirty points despite the offense missing like half the starters.
0: Exactly. We have, and we do, that is not the case right now. You have a defense that is more dialed in, and in my opinion, is arguably the best defense in the league. Right up there, right up there with the Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. I, I'm I'm talking in the same exact realm. Not a level below, right in the same realm, realm, and executing at the highest level. I would say even arguably higher than the Packers. But this is a division game. Yeah,
1: it's def- they're, they're, we are the best at in the NFC and New England is the best in the AFC hands down. I think the only difference is that New England I think scored more points off turnovers. Like that, the defense itself, not 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 the offense taking over possession and then scoring. I just mean the defense itself has actually scored more, like fumble recoveries and and interceptions that kind of thing. I think that's the only difference between these two. Other than that, they're pretty pretty darn comparable.
0: They're pretty darn comparable. You have... They've also played one more game, too. Yes. At this point. Yes. You have Kyle bringing in, Kyle Shannon bringing this, for the most part, pretty loaded team. The great part is the defense, for the most part, is pretty healthy. As you mentioned, Gurley's out. That offense is a little bit hobbled. They're going to... Obviously, they're going to bring Malcolm Brown, and he's going to be placed into the lineup. And I think Who hasn't really done much this season? Hasn't done much, but I think he's better than S- not not since
1: week one anyways.
0: Yeah, but be- better than he's looked on paper, though. Better than he's looked on paper. And I think he's still a viable option. Well, I well, I'll say this. Better than he looked on, on paper, but if I was a fantasy owner, I wouldn't start him <laughs> against the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I mean his his right now,
0: his rushing numbers, he's got twenty six carries
1: for hundred and fourteen yards and two scores. So he's got his productivity on the ground for the Rams is equivalent to one good game.
0: There you go. So all signs point to, this is a game that if the 49ers want to make a statement. If they truly want to come in here and put the smack down, put the clamp down, put the beat down, put the adjective plus the word down after it down. This is the game to do it. And I believe they will. I believe they will. I believe that the 49ers are ready for this test. And you know me, I've been Mr. Mister Cautious the whole year. And this better not bite me in the ass today, I swear to God. This better not bite me in the ass. I'll be so pissed. But I believe the 49ers, as you mentioned They are psychologically more ready for this test than ever before. And today, this week, we're recording Thursday, October 10th, 8.30 p.m. I am confident that the 49ers can go in and win this game. What about you?
1: I am too. I I think score-wise, this will be somewhere similar to the Pittsburgh game. I don't know if it'll be as close as four points. I'm thinking more like, It'll be about one possession, you know, in a touchdown, like 24-17, something like that. I just feel like it's going to be tight. Some of the components missing does pose a problem for, for us in regards to their pass rush. But I think that Kosh is going to play quick pass, get the ball out under two seconds, take advantage of this hobbled defense underneath intermediate deep, like I was saying earlier. So yeah, I think that's the score I was thinking of earlier today. So I I think I'm just going to stick with that, 24-17. I don't know what you see.
0: 24-17. Well, the last time I had it, I had it 35-31 against the Browns, and boy was I wrong. Vegas still doesn't trust the 49ers on the road. They have us at three point underdogs, but that's still a with an over under with an over under 51 total points scored they still trust the rams a little bit more at home it, it i mean you got to let's look at the numbers right this is this is okay so this is the part that makes me nervous let me let me play devil's advocate a little bit about it and then we're going to we're going to wrap this up um it it's hard to go 5 in a row when you have a team as good as the rams it's hard to lose 3 in a row and those those are the and we're just talking basic numbers, right? It's hard to go five in a row of anything in the NFL. Five and five wins, five losses. That's hard to do in the NFL. Streaks are hard to pull off. And the longer that streak goes, the more susceptible it is you are to a loss. And it the Rams, when you have a team as good as the Rams, it's hard to lose three in a row. Because they are still a very talented team. This may this team may be a team on the ropes, but that's that's what makes it dangerous. This is a caged animal. This is a caged animal, and, and the 49ers smell blood, and, and the Rams are fighting for their lives. They're fighting for because the, if they lose this game and they go two down in the division, three in a row, ooh, boy, it's going to be real hard to get one of them wild card spots. I'll tell you that. It's going to be real hard. So th- this this has the makings of a Los Angeles Rams... Desperate win to come back, to to take this from the jaws of defeat, to to save their playoff lives. This is all the makings for a team to go, no one believes in us, no one thinks we can do this. We've got to do this right now. We've got to win right here and right now. On the flip side, there's also a lot of people that don't believe in the 49ers. Oh, the 49ers aren't for real. They're not gonna be able to beat, they're not gonna be able to beat the Rams. Not gonna happen. And so, you know, they they've been untested you know Shanahan's t- team hasn't really faced a good team despite those teams going and performing extremely well on other weeks but i digress so this this you have two teams that depending on who your side is nobody believes in and this game is going to prove it you say 24 17 i am going to go 27 24 in mm. favor in favor of the 49ers I believe the 49ers win by three in a close one you see Cooper Cup go off I don't think Malcolm Brown is going to be much of a factor I think they're going to
1: yeah I don't I don't think whoever whoever they put in the backfield behind Jared Goff is not going to have uh it's not going to be much of, a, it, of, of
0: help it's not going to be much but I'm still going to give them respect I'm still going to give them respect that they are still a very good team, but Sean McVay is merely the student, not the master. All right, Raymond, any final thoughts before we go?
1: That uh, I, think, um, I think we have a very exciting matchup coming up this week that uh, has been the, the talk of a lot of sports pros on sports programs. They've been talking about how this is their favorite matchup of the week, even though it's not, you know, scheduled in a primetime slot. I,
0: I, I, I don't understand why the Steelers versus the Chargers is sitting at the Sunday night football spot when the Niners Rams is a way bigger game, way more, way more impact. I, this is ridiculous, but I, I digress again, whatever.
1: Well, both those teams are kind of irrelevant this year. So that wasn't the projection going in there. They were thinking, "Hey, let's put the Steelers, which is a, you know, one of the uh, one of the golden boys of the NFL, but the, that so the one of the golden childs of, of the NFL. The Steelers are in that category. Dallas is in that category. The Niners are in that category. The Patriots are in that category. The Chiefs, as of late, are in that category. Um, Packers are part of that group."
0: Um, but yeah anyways it's yeah, still just... but anyway yeah, yeah.
1: We're, we're going off on a little tangent yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna yeah. be a great it's gonna have it's gonna have prime time prime time energy it's gonna have a prime time that that energy will be that the crowd will help embody what that en- that energy that prime time energy and this is going to be a prime time effort by both teams but when I when I stack it up I just I can't I can't see the Rams. I can't see a way that the Rams win. I mean, strategically there is a way that they can win. I just don't think that they're in I don't think they're healthy enough to to do what they need to do to win. And the Niners the Niners are going to be 5 and 0 after this week.
0: I love it. I agree. What say you? Let us know in the YouTube comments. What are your predictions? We had some stunningly, pretty accurate predictions, at least as far as believing there was going to be a blowout for that Browns game. I want to hear what you guys think. Let us know in the comments. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sleese III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond
1: Sleese I, baby.
0: Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same gold cast champ.
1: This is, it is the gold
0: cast.